This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. If we're still counting, she's up to 20 now. We'll see what happens. She says she won't take anymore, but you know, if you send her a picture of that disabled cat with two legs and a wonky eye, she's going to get it because those are her babies. No, anyway, the night we come back, we'll have Rita with us and we'll have Dr. Sally Foote. Dr. Sally is a veterinarian, a behavior, she's a lot of things. And she's very smart because she has a lot of letters after her name. She's <laughs> Sally J. Foote, D-V-M-C-A-B-C-I-A-A-B-C-L-S-H-C-S. Oh my goodness. So if you got all that, we're gonna break for a quick break from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Dr. Sally. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. everybody and welcome back to 19 cats and counting have we got our hostess with the mostest with us i am here and i'm catless so nobody's in the room with me it's how are you very cat- bizarre yes i don't know i took a shower maybe they don't like the smell of my soap i don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> are you the one that told me that's why the cats like my kids tennis shoes yes. because cats like stink <laughs> well stinky stuff tells them a lot about you and maybe they don't like the fact that I showered out now. Or earlier, I had Mr. Boo Boo in here. Mr. Boo Boo is my alpha, and he's the one I still have trouble. He, yet even yes, I'm a behaviorist, but he is a sprayer, and he's a brat because he'll look me right dead in the eyes like and he'll spray. If I catch him, he won't do it. But he looks at me. If I don't catch him, he's defying me. You know. I talked to another behaviorist who said cats don't think like that. I have to disagree. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's see what Dr. Sally Foote and all those letters on the end has to say about that. Welcome, Dr. Sally. Well, hello. It's nice to be here. Oh, I'm so so thrilled to have you here. Good. It's great to be here. Yes. I've known about you for quite a while, but what really made me want to have you on the show is you have created a set of videos to Mm -hmm. show my number two problem that people call me about is integrating cats into the household. And lately, and Linda has experienced this recently, with more people moving back home due to COVID, more people are adding cats to their household. Or in Linda's case, she added a multi-cat household to a multi-cat household. Right. Yeah. And I I knew in my head how this was going to go. 
Her oldest cat, Tiger, has literally been with her since she moved out when she was 19, and she's 32 now. He's her grumpy old man, but he's really cranky, and I thought, she, he's just going to stay in your daughter. We didn't say that part. She oh, I'm sorry. My daughter's cat, yes. And then, you know, her two black cats are going to integrate great. They're, they're really friendly and, you know, never met a stranger. They love everybody. And then Harley kind of keeps to herself. She might have some problems. No, 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 no. The littlest one, Shadow, is getting bullied terribly. Tiger is taking the whole reign of the house and growling at anybody who comes anywhere near him. Like, if he's laying on the end of my bed and I walk past it, he'll growl at me. And I'm like, it's my room. So <laughs> he doesn't care. And uh, <laughs> it just was not the what I, what I, I had it all figured out. And it didn't work. <laughs> and, and you had some surprises and personality changes that you didn't anticipate. We have never had spraying. We have never had peeing outside the litter box. We have had such wonderful cats. Oh, forget it. It's all over now. Somebody took to peeing on the stove and my husband was blaming my daughter's cats because they're the new group, right? No, we caught it. It's one of mine, Kismet. And Kismet peed on the stove? <laughs> and, and yeah, peeing on the counters and spraying. Yeah, I watched a cat start spraying and I'm thinking, you've been here for years. Where is this coming? Well, I know where it's coming from, but... <laughs> I've helped you with some of it, Yes, but yes, there's still yes. some lingering issues. And Dr. Yes. Sally, in the first video you shared in, in my Facebook group, Cataholics, mm -hmm. you had some things in there that I hadn't thought of, like the rug. Right. Why don't you talk a little bit about your methodology? So I think for years and in many different places, you know, clients and, you know, shelter, you know, veterinary professionals, could go to blogs, websites that refer to, let's have the closed door, feed the cats on either side of the door, you know, bringing them closer as a way of learning to counter condition, if you want to say tolerate each other, knowing that each other's present, then like switching to the baby gate. And so then it was actually kind of by accident in a sense that we also need to have a way that the cats can share scent. Scent sharing is essential for cats to at least like know, hey, you're around me, but they can't share scent yet because the cats can't get close enough together to actually headbutt and rub up against each other. Right. And while we can do things like taking a towel and rubbing it from one cat onto the other, and as you were, you know, just saying, Linda, but this new cat into the home may not want to be touched and petted, you know, by perhaps other people or it has other co-stressors that it does not want to be touched or handled, okay? And that can make that difficult. My daughter was uh, moved into an apartment and her roommate came in with her cat, right? Like the two roommates and the two roommate cats. And the roommate's cat was, this new roommate said like, ah, this cat doesn't always like getting along with other cats. So they would do the, you know, one cat in the roommate's bedroom while my daughter's cat had free roam of the apartment. Then my daughter's cat would go in her bedroom while the other cat had free roam of the apartment. Okay. And they were doing some of the co-feeding. And I happened to stop by my daughter's apartment and I noticed she had this big fleece blanket that she had stuffed under like the crack of the door and the flooring because uh -huh. her cat, who's very social, he was, grew up, he basically came, he lived at my practice with our other cats. Uh -huh. So he was used to a lot of commotion, used to animals, and that's fine. But it wasn't so fine for the other cat. So he'd sit by the door and the other cat in the bedroom would be pawing and hissing. So my daughter was using the blanket like, okay, listen, just like, don't even know about the other cat on the other side of the door. Be calm because you need to be calm. And what was happening was that the roommate's cat that was more aggressive when both would be at the door with this blanket would paw at the blanket and actually was settling down. And I said, hey, wait a minute, rotate that blanket every day. 
because the roommate's cat is getting her scent on that blanket. Right. And your cat is getting his scent on his side. And we can use this blanket as a way of doing scent sharing because the roommate's cat would not allow the body rubbing of the towel or the brushing. She just never really liked to be handled much. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in one week, those cats were together by That's adding awesome. that element in. That's amazing. So now when I do my inner cat housemate aggression, you know, reintroduction consultations, I require that we're adding that blanket technique as one of the steps or part of the steps of that first step of reintroduction, which is just to get the cats tolerant, knowing each other is present through the solid door. Then yeah. we move to the baby gate. We're continuing it, but we're then teaching the cats how to keep like their three foot space bubble from each other. Sure. We do not want the cats like this through the gate. That's another like level of understanding the cat behavior yeah. and what our end goal is for these cats, which is we don't really we don't really want to make them be best buddies laying on top of each other. Right. That's their choice. What yeah. we want is you can co-share space and you can cohabitate mm-hmm. with tolerance and tranquility, right? That's the level yeah. that we want, that we are not seeing chronic anxiety problems in any of the cats right? and that they have the freedoms to be able to move around and access purchase places, play, etc., without feeling any competition with each other because sure. it's that competition right. for these resources that's very, very, very subtle in cats. That is oftentimes the whole underlying reason, motivation for what you were just sharing here about inappropriate elimination, urination or defecation problems, or even worse, the cat who is you know, is hiding under the bed or just kind of shutting down. And then we see the health problem. Then we're seeing the diabetes. Then we're seeing the heart disease. Then we're seeing the obesity. Then we're having exacerbation or worsening of arthritis problems. Yeah, Linda, didn't you say one of them was staying under the bed for a while? Wasn't it Kizzy? It was Kizzy. And then he he almost peed on something that was precious to Nikki. And that she kind of tossed him out of the room and said, you're done living here. And then he started hanging out more in my bedroom and getting out. But yeah, it wasn't just that he was staying in her room because some cats are just, you know, more prone. This one you'll see in the living room. Subra is always on my bed. This is just where they do the most of their living. But he was under the bed the entire time. And he lost a lot of weight when he came out. We were like, "Uh uh-uh. And he's FIV positive. So I have to be really careful with him. Oh, absolutely. Because his immunity is low. So I'm just thought, "Mm -mm, we're done now, you know. And and we've started giving him extra wet food and stuff, trying to get some meat back on him. He's doing a little better now. But yeah, I was like, I'm just going to hide here. But when he was found, he was a lady who had a rescue in North Carolina. They suckered me states away into this cat. She was doing TNR for this feral colony and she picked up this cat and he was just like, oh, purr, 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 I love you. And she said, this is not a feral cat. And he was beat to tarnation. You know how it is, fleas and, and ear mites and just in really bad shape. So they got him patched up and I came and got him. But yeah, he no one wanted him because of FIV. And I said, I think bringing all these new cats kind of put him back in that space of, you know, these mean guys that I don't like me. I'm not one of them. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like Dr. Sally says, competition for resources. That's a big thing I stress with my clients too, is, is a lot of this comes from, you know, insecurity, competition over resources. And like you said, you're not looking to make the cat's best friends, although that's awesome if it happens. Mm-hmm. You just, you're looking to have peace in the household and peaceful coexistence. Exactly. So when you're- 
when you're bringing in more cats, what changes do you need to make to the household? I mean, we've obviously we added extra litter boxes and the cats told us where they wanted the litter boxes by consistently peeing somewhere I didn't want them yeah, to. Burr. And we always had one feeding station on the first floor and one on the second floor. And I put some more around because I thought, you know, if, if this is a problem, I mean, is that a common, you know, oops, somebody's eating there. I'm not allowed there. I'm going to go without. So if I figured if I had more around, they'd have more access to food and not feel locked in. Yeah, I think really the best way to say it is we need to provide for the cats what the cats need. We have to look at life completely through the cat's point of view. I have a mm-hmm. handout on my website, the drsallyjfoot.com, under the pet owner resources called the top 10 ways to add a cat to the home. And in these top 10 ways, it has rules like, which are absolutely what I find essential for all cats, even if you don't have a problem, but they all need to have three perches per cat in the home. Okay, you got 10 cats in your home now. Yeah, I see your face. You yep. need... 30 places. Okay. You, do. you need 30 places okay. that are not on the same level, yeah. that are staggered uh, in different ways for these cats to go. Because we talk about, oh, yeah, cats need their space. Yeah, cats need their space. Now, it doesn't mean you have to buy 30 cat trees, yet you do have to be aware of, so what height do these cats like to perch at? Because that is a part of the hierarchy of the cats. Also, the age. Can my cat get up there or not? You know, if you got a 13-year-old cat, more than 90% of those cats have arthritis in the lower lumbar spine or the elbow. They okay. have to hitchhike up. If they don't have, like, a step stool to then go to the seat of a chair and then to get up to the top of the desk and then get to that shelf, right. they're not going to get up to that shelf. And then the other cat who wants the seat is going to compete and you're going to have cat fights or elimination problems. Okay, three perches per cat in the home. Yeah, you need to look at 30 surfaces at varying staggered areas throughout your home that are left open for the cats to get to. Then secondly, stop feeding out of bowls. Cats need to hunt for all their food. You do not want bowls. Bowls are a source of competition. So now we're going to put one tablespoon amount of cat food. Like typically most cats on a regular commercial good, and I'm talking about the top four manufacturers of cat food, dry food, need approximately three tablespoons of that dry food twice a day as their caloric intake need. So now you're going to be hiding one tablespoon of food on each of these 30 perches to teach the cats to go and hunt for it. And also to get up there and get away from each other. It gives them the outlet for their hunting that they want to do. It decreases the guarding over the resource of the bowl. That's a huge thing for kitty tension. It's good you added more bowls, but frankly, you need about 30. Think of it as I've now need 30 (laughs) bowls of food. And you don't need a big bowl of food because that is not how a cat naturally eats. A cat naturally eats by jumping and killing their food, what's Mm going to be their meal, but they're only successful half the time. They live a life of hors d'oeuvres is how cats eat. They don't get the big popcorn bowl full of food, okay? You should Um, see me at wet food time. I put out, I have 20 cats. I put out 27 bowls because I know some of them are going to follow around and go and steal from each other. Yes. But the dry food I'm doing wrong because I have like Linda... I've got like four feeding stations where they can go for dry food. I need to stop doing that. Yeah, and that's why I have two obese cats. I have two that are obese. So that's probably why. That is. Yeah, that can be a factor. Why? Lastly, each cat needs a minimum of 10 minutes of play with a human being a day where the cat thinks he killed something. Right. As I say, a happy cat's a cat who thinks he killed something every day. That's my pet's so, method. Yeah. Yeah. Play, eat. Eat. Groom. Uh, sleep. Groom. Sleep. Yes. Right. 
So even the older, you know, let's say you're more mature, I'll be politically correct here, (laughs) Kitty, you'll find the elderly cat ways to help that cat engage in some amount of play. It might be more of like slowly dragging a toy across the floor that she follows it and then she's doing like, you know, the kickaroo thing on the floor, fine. But she does need some kind of way for her to get up, to seek, to want to wrap her body around something as if she's killed something. So then you put that like in a schedule, if you will. You plan it out and you follow it out. Now, there's lots of other things can also be done to help with this inner cat mixing. But those three things I find are when you get those three things in place every day, about 90% of the cat, any kind of intercat tension goes way down. Wow. And I mean like to nothing. Fabulous. Those three factors alone. And, you know, honestly, people won't do it. I People. could just see my cats having long faces when I pick up the hard food. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the food? I'll get over it. Well, okay. So that that reaction from the cats, if it happens, most cats, it doesn't happen. Really? But for the cats, who are, yeah, it doesn't. It'll let any kind of knocking stuff off the counter. Where's my foot? Meow, meow, meow. In the kitchen. It lasts maybe 24 or 48 hours. Really? It, Yes, it's harder on the humans as it is the animals. Because what you're going to do is you go around and let the cats watch you set up these 30 places with the tablespoon of food. Oh, yeah, they know where to go. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to learn quickly, like, okay, I'm hungry. Now I go to the new places for the food. And actually, many of them will, like, eat better and enjoy eating because it's not like eating and, okay, where's the other kid? Is he going to come in the kitchen now? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, you're here? Okay, bye. You're getting all that's eliminated now because you have all these different places that they can go. So them sitting there on the floor waiting in their spots. I can't do that even with the wet food anymore. You can do that with the wet food because it's going to be like a one-time consumption. You know, you could do (laughs) that, but not the dry because the dry sits out all the time. Right. I love this. Unfortunately, we have to take a quick break. Hold the bed. And we'll come right back in just a few minutes and hear more about integrating calves. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I have the awesome Dr. Sally Foote and my co-host, Linda Hall. We are talking about integrating cats. And like we mentioned earlier, if you missed it, Linda Hall had seven cats and a dog. Her daughter Nikki had to move back home with her three cats, and it's just four. been a circus. Her oh, four cats. Four. I'm sorry, four. Her four cats. Sorry. <laughs> so she has you have 11 cats now and one dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. should have seen her husband Brian's face. He thought Nikki was moving home with two cats. 
he was so sweet. He was having this nice chat with her and saying, you know, we've got your back. We've got you covered for everything that's going on. You can rest here until we figure out what's, and we'll take your two cats. And Nikki and I kind of looked at each other and then I just looked at him and held up four fingers and he kind of choked for a second. And then he went, and your four cats. Okay. <laughs> So you were about to ask Dr. Sally a question. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, yeah. talking about putting the food different places. You don't find that one monster goes and scarfs up everybody's food? No, no, the reason being, typically, okay, so cats, the normal behavior of eating for a cat, you know, how cats really want to eat. And when they're feeling like calm about their environment and no competition from other cats, what they want to do is go up to their food. They want to smell it. They want to just take one or two pieces at a time, bite it, feel the texture, swallow it down. And it takes like a tablespoon of food to eat in that way, which is really the healthier way to eat. Just like us, mm-hmm. they tell us to eat more slowly, right? Chew 20 times before each swallow, whatever. The cat will feel satiety within about 10 minutes, which is about how long it takes for them to eat off that perch. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be like, eat up, eat up and run all over the place. No. And part of that eating a whole bunch is that cat is hoarding the resource. And it's because of his competition Gee, with the other cats. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. So when you do this, the cats, no, they don't. We've never okay. had a history. I've never heard of a history That's of great. a cat going around to all the perches. Now, I have seen, though, where because if we didn't, like I said, think about our particular cats and what perches do they like to go to? So in other words, let's say you got the, I'll call him the bold cat, right? The confident mm-hmm. cat. He tends to like the highest perch. In a typical cat household, he's also going to be the one who like busts the other cats out of the way around the litter box and busts the other cats out of the way Ooh. around the food dish. So you're what you're going to do, so you do is... Let this bowl cat see where you put the cat on the high perches, and you're going to take some of that cat food and, like, toss it, like a game, up to the high perches so it becomes this interaction that's fun that gets Uh them go to the high perches. Now, for your more, let's just say, reserved cats, and they like the lower perches or maybe more sheltered, like in a box, Mm -hmm. you're going to put their food in there and toss for them to go in there. And actually, bold kitties, like, this is awesome. I now have five perches that I can survey the whole property. And I'm having fun finding my food up here. And you make life hard for him, but he loves that. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, you can go have that in the box. It's boring for me. You know, and he's right. also not worried about, he sees that cat has her box to eat. Sweet. She's not going to compete on me. Ah, this might help Shadow, too. Um, yeah. My daughter and her husband took in, they lived briefly for, I don't know, less than a year in a trailer park that was notorious for people dumping cats. I think they got up to like 10 in this trailer because they just kept taking them in. But um, Shadow, we call her the dumpster baby. She's very small. You can tell she didn't get the right nutrition. And she is food obsessed. She literally once, as my daughter was putting a piece of chicken in her mouth, stole it out of her mouth and scratched her. (laughs) So we've gotten her better about staring you down and trying to steal your food while you eat. But she's still very food obsessed. So... You know, my first thought was, then she's going to want to run around and get everybody's. But that makes more sense then. This is her space. The food's coming. It'll be here again. Life is good. Right. Exactly. would calm her down a little bit with her behaviors. And she would also be a great one for the kill your food game, which is where you, it's also part of training where you're going to take the nuggets of the dry food and you're going to toss them on the floor so they bounce and she wants to pounce it and eat 
and kill it and eat her food. And that gives her an outlet for predatory play. Mm -hmm. It gives her an exercise outlet. Plus, you could use that as a way to teach her to redirect away from the other cats. If one cat starts going into a bowl and she starts going into the same bowl, you toss the food right in front of her where then she turns the other way and she gets rewarded for it. Oh, so yeah. we can do that with our nice. brat cats too. Boo-boo and who's your brat cat? I forget. I seem to be getting in different ways. Galway can be quite a brat, but That's my biggest problem is Deadpool. That's yeah, and he's the one that's recently started spraying. I caught him right in front of me, and I'm trying to distract him. I go, stop it, stop it. And I'm nudging him, and he's just like, I'm going to continue doing this. Yeah, I have a video on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is drsallyjfoot.com, and it shows how we use this tossing the food technique to mm -hmm. keep the black and white young cat, Binks, away from these more mature middle-aged cat, Ranger, so that they're not competing over the... um you know, perches and everything I'd set up. Yeah. And it's right in the waiting room of my veterinary practice. I'm demonstrating this, you know, so that can be like in a home, you know. Uh, yeah. What do you think of food puzzles? I recommend them when people come to me with obese cats. Ironically, I have my own obese cat. Do you think those are a good way for cats to get their hunting prowess out while they're hunting, trying to get the stuff out of the puzzle? Yeah, food puzzles are helpful. Now, again, you have to work with what motivates your cat. And secondly, what else are you like wanting your cats to learn about their space? So as we're talking about cat introductions, we want these cats to learn now. They don't just see the perches and think, hey, I'll go up there. We have to teach them to go up there. So we're going to use the food on these perches to help lure them and teach them to go up there. Then when they're using those perches, well, then I shift into the food puzzles. Because I've okay. seen sometimes in multi-cat households, these cats will compete over the food puzzle. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I mean, there may be a two or three food puzzles or one cat's playing with the food puzzle. And here comes the other cat eating the food the one is knocking out of the puzzle. <laughs> That's yes, smart they're cat. That's yes, they're very smart. So I yes, food puzzle. I mean, we gotta get rid of the cat food bowls, plain and simple. Okay. The only time for using a bowl or a plate is when we do need to feed wet food. But dry food is an excellent nutritionally. Yes, it is, folks. Okay. I'm a veterinarian. I am degreed. I have taken CE in nutrition. We have to stop some of this chatter about what only and everything else is garbage that is not true. Both is good. So anyway, the dry food is what enables you to be able to use things like bouncing it off the floor, like it's the cockroach, to get the cat to want to pounce after it, which vents, say, predatory play. So that cat is not now pouncing on the other 12-year-old cat who's in pain with chronic lower back pain that's been unrecognized and untreated, which then results in a cat fight, you see? So yeah, right. anyway, long story short, yes, I do like the food puzzles. It's just as we're talking about this topic, I would have them like what I would call like step four. We have peace and harmony and tranquility. Now we can put in the food puzzles for added enrichment and added, you know, just added boredom breaking, et cetera, for the cats. At what stage do you say we can get rid of the baby gate and just let them commingle? Well, I did on my Facebook Live I did last week, and I apologize if I didn't get it shared up to your website. Too, I think but anyway, you did. I think you did. Okay. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay. So step two is we've got the cats through a solid door blanket and they're like, you know, solid door here, cat to cat is, are not only eating, no hissing, no staring, no growling, no flipping the head, looking around. Right. They're just mindlessly, oh, yummy tuna. And it's only like, you know, enough canned food or tuna for like a five minute session. Okay. We're mm -hmm. not doing this all day long. Okay. 
they're at that level. Then we ship to the lattice baby gate. Do not buy the baby gates where the bars go up and down like this. Yeah. I mean, those are nice because you can walk through, but the cats slip right through them. Sure. And it, that's not why we got it. So you want the pressure fit lattice style. You put that up. You cover it with the blanket or sheet, and you just only pull back the first six inches. Okay, so that's how the cats now can see each other, but we are not feeding right upside to side. Right. We're going to take the food back three feet apart from each other, and frankly, it's best if one cat is slightly up, because when cats are on the floor together, I like to, it's, they're competing over that that surface, that, that space. It's, I like to space. call it like when two airplanes are trying to both come in on the same landing strip. Right. Face to, you know, yeah. It's almost like a game of chicken. So <laughs> if we, I like to have either a card table, I don't know, some kind of a, some level that one cat is going to be up, you know, maybe three feet. And usually in this history taking, we figured out, so who's the cat who likes to perch high or likes to be high while the other one's down low. Mm -hmm. So we're going to now feed this other cat up on say the perch or whatever, you know, the, the card table, a few feet back from the baby gate where they, they can see the other cat and the other cat can see this cat while that one's on the floor. And we're still going to do the feeding because it requires, anxiety has to be at a low level in order to have appetite. Mm -hmm. When feeding shuts down, they're too anxious, they cannot learn, they cannot desensitize and counter conditions. So that's like your marker. All right. So, but we do not then, we're not working to get close to the gate at all. We're always going to maintain this three foot space bubble. So the point is all we're doing is, okay, like, you know, here's the gate and you two are like this and we're just pulling the sheet back until you guys can clearly see each other through the gate and you're a-okay as long as you have this little space bubble. Okay. So when you can do that, meanwhile, while you're doing this part of the plan, you're running around the house and getting those 30 perches set up. And you're also when, because remember, you're going to timeshare the open house and the bedroom. So for eight hours a day or whatever, five hours a day, one cat has the free run of the house while the other cat has that bedroom set up with the litter box and the food dish, etc. And then you flip it. Mm -hmm. You have to flip it. Because these guys have to set chair all over the house and they can't be together. So one one will now go in the bedroom while the other one comes out to the free part of the house. Now when they're in the free part of the house, you're training these cats to go up to these 30 perches where you've been hiding the food. They're prepared for when they actually come in the house how to use those perches. You don't oh, wait until okay. you've released them. You've got to do the training ahead of time mm -hmm. so they're ready and they already feel like, yeah, I've got the top of the refrigerator and I've got this high shelf and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And for the one you know who, you who likes to be the high percher and the one who's on the low percher, you've been doing for that cat, setting its food on whatever the chair level of a seat, you know, or a lower perch on the windowsill and training them to get up there very readily. So then when they come in the home, they're going to be apt, you know, more apt to go to the perches you've taught them, plus tossing the food to teach, like to lure them up there mm -hmm. as part of your management when they actually come in the home. Wow. This so is great. Two, this is great. Has like four parts all going on it. And this is why yeah. to correctly and in the way that's best for the cats, I, if I keep saying best for the cats, it's because we have to put our yes. perspective into the animals. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know you definitely. guys support that, but oftentimes it's the clients. Oh, it takes so much work. It takes so long, or they think they are. But when, like, when I say three perches per cat, and like you, I just said thirty perches. Your eyes got really big because you're just like, <laughs> "Are you serious?" And I mean, 
I'm like, yes. Now let's talk about how to make it easy. Well, anyway, sorry. Yes. Well, um, that, yeah. When you said that, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to go buy a whole bunch of cat trees. and They're going to well, be everywhere. And we're going to no, have to use our couch. And, and then I realized I've, I've got a wicker basket under a window that I lay a blanket on because the cats are obsessed with it. That is a perch. Right. The back of my piano is a perch everywhere well, they let's go. Just, right. So I'm just looking in the background right now with you, Linda. So actually the cats to get together stage one and stage two this for some cats might take eight weeks yeah. and that's what we should expect but in the meanwhile in this i'm like oh you've got a radiator there you know we could take the toys off the top of the radiator and yep. put just a regular melamine shelf on there that's you know secured that makes yeah. a perch yeah you've got a shelf above that one to get some of the tchotchkes off of that yep. that's another perch yeah you get a suction window perch there's a window behind you and even yep. though the curtain may go over it fine that's a third perch mm -hmm. your bed is at least perch number four so Looking yeah. even right behind you, I can already see we've opened up three perches and you didn't yep. have to buy a thing, except yep. for maybe a suction window perch. <laughs> yep, yep, now, not bad. I have about 10 or 12 cats that love to lay on my bed together, all on the same level, but like some of them are the more, the ones that are more bossy cats, they're up on the top. By the pillows. There you go. They're by the pillows. Right. By the so top. they just, themselves that way. Yeah. Even just a little elevation of like a mm -hmm. pillow versus the surface of your bed to the cats is all they need. Uh, and then I do another level of pillows, a little lower, and then there's the bed itself. So yeah. I kind of have three levels. Three levels on your bed alone. You yeah. Levels. Yeah. Uh -huh. And some of them do require that I feed them there. Okay. So, so yeah, that I have perches right there. And then the, the sofa's upstairs. And my chairs in my office are two, well, three, because when I'm not here, this is one of theirs. So even the chairs are in your office, Linda, and, and you've got two levels. You've got people that help you with this, too. I'm by myself. My cats, though, they go through so many integrations because, you know, I tend to take in older cats and they pass away. And then I take in, 20 is my limit, though. I never go over 20. That I know that's as much as I can handle and make sure they all get what they need. But when I bring in another cat, now they're like, oh, so what, uh, another cat? <laughs> I have to worry more about the new cat than my older cats. Yeah. I'll bring in the carrier and Boo was like, oh, who you got there? Oh, cool, it's pretty, <laughs> all right. Oh, we got another sibling, <laughs> <laughs> My cats are cool like that, but not everybody's are like that. And the new cats tend to, I start them off upstairs in the cat room because they tend to be overwhelmed. You know, I just brought in a brother, sister, that are older that were dumped at the shelter. They weren't doing too well, so the shelter called me and asked me to take them. So uh, they're a little overwhelmed with the other cats at first. They're not now, but my cats were like, oh, so what? I don't care. <laughs> we're so used to seeing people come in and come out. It's all good, it's all good. <laughs> so that's taken years though, years, years, years. And that's yeah. now how I tell people to integrate their cats. My situation's yeah. all different. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, you're existing, your home-based cats, let's call them your home-based cats. They have become very acclimated to a new arrival cat and an exiting cat. And secondly, you are probably very conscious of when the new cat comes in, I'm already putting out more food feeding places right. and doing the scent sharing and using the pheromone and all these things. Right and are mindful of what's best for your existing cats as well as what's best for the new cat. So you're, you're at a more advanced level, yeah. but also your <laughs> existing cats are more, they've learned how to socialize with the introduction process. Right. 
they have gone through the introduction process enough right. times that now it's like, okay, I got it down. Not a big deal. A new cat is never a threat to me because we always have a chance at least to get to know each other through these like slow introduction steps. Yeah. You know, Rita is not going to just let them loose and take over all no. the stuff. Right. No, and, and I have, it's funny because then once I open the door to the, all, to the cat room and, you know, let everybody mingle I have certain greeter cats that I know they're going to be the first in there yeah. to say, hey, welcome. There's like three of them that I know will be the first ones in there always. I'm the representative from the cat yeah. group. I just wanted to make you feel welcome. We're the welcome well, wagon. Well, if you need anything, as long as it's not mine, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, that too. So we've gone a little overtime, which is uh -oh. awesome. I could talk to you all day, Me too. Dr. Sally. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to make sure people know and do when they're going to bring a new cat into the household that we haven't already talked about honestly i wherever this cat is coming from be it another home be it a shelter even bringing home a kitten we need to duplicate in your existing home everything and bring the items from that previous home to uh -huh. this home as we set up the space even that micro environment and then start to incorporate it in your new home you know think about it it's like if you were to make a permanent move somewhere you don't want to just show up with nothing you know you right. like to bring your own clothes you like to bring your own books you like to bring your own keepsakes etc mm -hmm. especially if all of a sudden you were uprooted unexpectedly so bring the same litter box bring their purchase, mm -hmm. bring their food dishes. Well, like we talked about, stop using the food dish, but be conscious and know specifically what food do they eat, specifically what litter. Right. You know, in that top 10 ways to add a new cat to your home, I talked about the number of purchase, talked about playtime, you know, talked about the scent sharing. But I think the other thing is litter box management. All right, you may need to, these cats may need to share. Scoop that thing twice a day. Yes. Use the charcoal-based litter tends to be most readily accepted by all the cats and a large boxes. I have a video on my YouTube channel showing how to make the Rubbermaid Keeper type litter box. But if there's anything, scoop it twice a day. It's like flushing yeah. the toilet in your home. The cats need it cleaned out. It isn't just about there's space for a stool. No, it's a marking behavior. Mm -hmm. And if they walk in and they sense, well, the other cats already used it. Well, then he marked it. It's not mine, so I better not use it. That's why you have to scoop it multiple times a day and be committed to that. I know. I used to own a cat sitting company just for cats pet sitting. I've since merged it with Meowtel, but... Uh... I'd go to people's houses to take care of their cats and they'd be like, oh, don't scoop the box. We just dump it once a week. No, not on my watch. I scoop it every day. Yeah. It's just awful. Awful. I don't well, know how people live that way. And I learned through my integration that the type of box matters. We were having problems with Shadow, the little hoarder dumpster baby. She was consistently pooping outside the box, but she was pooping right at the opening. And I told my husband, this isn't naughty but you know she's not taking a crap in the dining room she's going right it's like she wants to go in there well they're all hooded every box i had was hooded and rita reminded me that she gets bullied a lot if right. i was picked on by the big kids would i want to go climb in a box only one way out and they're probably standing in front of it Wait. so we took some lids off and got some more boxes that were unlidded and it seems to have fixed the problem for the most part 
one other point I'm sorry, I do want to make also on behalf of our cats is cats do not get into the veterinarian for regular checkups and care as compared That's to right. dogs or any other species. Yes. And yes, I understand it's hard. Cats may not go outside. <laughs> we may not perceive that the risk of disease, et cetera, is as strong as it is for, say, dogs who go outside on a walk twice a day, et cetera. Right. But then what happens is I, as a veterinarian, may not be examining this cat until the cat has already lost 15 or 20 percent of their body weight because they've been hiding under the bed for the last six months because, well, you know, we had people move in and just thought he was kind of stressed. But now when he came out, he looked kind of skinny. So if we're seeing the cat hiding under the bed, if we're seeing the cat maybe eating a whole lot more, if we're seeing them just pooping to the side, please get a veterinary exam and seek a veterinary practice that is certified in low-stress handling or feline friendly. These are the best ones for you to bring your cat to that have the specific training in handling and understand cat behavior. The Fear Free program is very good, especially if you have someone at the elite level for mm -hmm. understanding and knowing best low stress ways for handling our cats. This is what I educate veterinary staff in, but unfortunately it is not a standard in our veterinary curriculum at the technician or the doctor level. And it's a change from what I call our traditional handling techniques and what it's like for the cat to go to the veterinarian. Yeah, <laughs> many of us right. don't bring our cats to the vet because they get very stressed out. But we do have knowledgeable veterinary technicians, staff, and veterinarians in how to make it nice for the cat right. to come to the veterinarian. Yet you need to ask for that or ask about that at the practice to pick the best practice for your cat. The second choice would be a house call. So I have a house vet, and I also have a regular vet, but the, I live in a small town. There's one veterinary office near me. That's it. Linda, I think you have two. She lives in a small yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have much choice, but I love my home vet because she, you know, she gets a handle on everybody's regular moods and behaviors and how they act. But of course, she can't do the more elaborate things like you have to take them to an office for. I'm actually going to take my uh, Smokey into the vet this week. I just noticed he's been hanging around the food and not eating it. So I suspect there's maybe something going on dental, maybe an oral problem, or, you know, he's 14. He might be getting at that age where we're looking at thyroid issues or diabetes or something. Yeah, or kidney disease or heart right. disease. Yep. Right. Well, thank you so much. When this show posts, I'll be sure to let you know, and we will include the URLs to your website and your YouTube yes. so people can find you easily. It's Dr. Sally J. Foot with the E on the end, dot com, correct? Is your... Yep website i urge you to go and look at her videos friend her on facebook she has some excellent excellent tools and i'll be incorporating some of your techniques into my techniques i hope Me you too. don't great <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and i hope to have you on again thank you dr foot thank welcome. you linda thank you. thank you linda hall as usual always uh, and for sharing your experiences and in integration. And of course, my wonderful producer, Mark Winter, who does such a great job on Pet Life Radio. Until next time, just remember, every day is Catter Day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.